This episode is about two young girls from Delphi, Indiana. Their names are Abby and Libby, and they were murdered on February 13th, 2017, and the case has remained unsolved. So this is a little bit different as it's more recent than I thought that I would be filling into. But when I decided against sharing it, one of the girls came forward and asked that I did, that I continued to share it. I had actually X'd out all of the notes that I took while feeling into the case. That night went to bed and had dreams of and images of one of the girls coming to me and asking me to please still share their story. So here we are. Now with this case in particular, there is a lot that the police have not released about the crime scene or even the state of of the young victims. Abby and Libby were only 13 and 14 years old. And with that being said, due to legal reasons and even more importantly, respect to the friends and, and family of Libby and Abby, I will not be sharing anything that could compromise the case or that would be disturbing for a family or a friend to hear about their girls. So what do we know about this? On February 13th, 2017, two friends, the best of friends, in fact, Abby and Libby had a beautiful day off of school. Now, I grew up in upstate New York, and when you had a really beautiful day in the 50s or 60s in February, you took full advantage of it. It wasn't normal. And from what I understand, this was like a snow day that the girls were given because they didn't have to use it in school. And that's something you know about if you're if you grew up in a snowy area. Anyway, I digress. The girls were 13 and 14 years old and being that it was February in Indiana and absolutely gorgeous outside, that meant that they were going to take full advantage. So Libby's older sister had dropped them off that afternoon at a popular area where the, um, I think it was a historical area, it's called the, the Monan Railroad Bridge or Monan High Bridge, that's what it is, I'm so sorry. And it's an abandoned w- railway bridge in the woods in an area where people would frequent and hike and, and go for walks during nice weather. So they were supposed to be picked up by Libby's dad later that day. From what I understand, this was a totally normal thing for most teenagers in the area and these two girls in particular to do. They would go out there, they would take photos, they would post it to their social media. They were normal teenage girls in 2017, not that long ago. So again, a little bit after one, they were dropped off and at about a little bit after two, Libby posted a Snapchat of Abby walking across the bridge. Now, you should look up this Monan High Bridge because this bridge is in rough shape and you can actually see videos of the bridge on YouTube, which I will happily link um, on our Patreon. So I would never have the guts to cross this bridge. They talk about there being like ratted railway ties and there are like slats missing on the bridge. There are pieces that like you're, you could just put your foot through it. There is no, I'm a chicken. There's nothing in the world that could get me to cross this bridge. Well, evidently, Libby was a little bit more of a daredevil and Abby, I don't know, decided that it was a good idea that day as well. And around 3 p.m., Libby's dad goes to pick them up and he can't find them. So he waits for a little while and he ends up like walking along the path looking for them. And 
by four o'clock, still hadn't found them. By like 5.30, I believe, in the in the evening, the police had been called. So this is just hours after they're missing. And being a small town, the police and the entire community show up immediately. So families are out looking for them. The community is out looking for them. Literally, like hundreds of people, by some reports, even thousands, are out there looking for Abby and Libby. And the search goes into the night until it's eventually called off and for safety and so people can sleep. And by the next day, state police and the FBI are there aiding in the search. They wasted no time in looking for these girls. So in less than 24 hours, you have local, state, police, and the FBI all out looking for them, along with like the entire community, fire departments, like literally everybody you can think of is out looking for these girls. So by noon on the 14th of February, they found the girls. And as I stated in the beginning of this is a murder case. So unfortunately, we know that they found them already deceased. And it was on the edge of Deer Creek, which runs um, underneath the, uh, excuse me, under the high bridge that they were walking on. So it was just a little bit of a way down away from it. Um, I've seen some reports saying about half a mile, three quarters of a mile, a little bit less than half a mile, but it wasn't far from the bridge itself. So we don't know officially the state of the bodies. And from what I can tell you, it's honestly not something that needs to be shared anyway. These girls have family. These girls have friends. These girls have dignity and respect to uphold. And it's not for me to share what I could see and allowed myself to see before pulling back um, pertaining to the state of, of their poor bodies. So things would get even stranger as this case continues to unfold because it turned out that Libby had actually filmed this strange man approaching them. And you can even hear, again, I'll post links to this on YouTube, him say, down the hill. So he's directing them to go down the hill. And this is a very small clip of a much longer video that police actually has possession of, but has not released. And there's a lot of speculation about why the video hasn't been released, but ultimately it's in the best interest of the police to not put everything out there so that people can't say that they did it or they know about it when they maybe actually don't know anything about it. So they're trying to preserve the crime scene in holding on to this video. And then from what I understand as well, from what I feel as well, is that this isn't something that just anyone should see, that there was a lot caught on camera that isn't for the general public to be privy to or to be exposed to. Um, so Libby had filmed the strange man approaching them and he's heard uttering down the hill and I get chills every time I say it because I can hear it over and over again in my head. I've listened to it so many times. But the thing is, like, there's so much more on that video and there's so much at the crime scene that the police have to go on and yet they still haven't caught him. And it's so, it just, it's, I'll get into that. So anyway, now there's more of this that hasn't been released by police. And that's, like I said, because it could compromise the case and it's also too graphic in nature. So the girls were found on the private property of this man named Ron Logan, who's actually, I believe, in his early 70s. And he, so he's elderly and he's not actually a suspect in the murder. He was cleared. Now, 
that's pretty much all of the facts as far as that goes. They were there. There's a podcast and a show on Netflix as well called Down the Hill that um, most of the timeline, other than other like a couple news sources, that is where I received most of the timeline after feeling into this intuitively. So first things first about this case. There has been a lot of speculation. Again, you can go onto online forums and read for days and days and days, especially on like Reddit, all these different theories, and everything is completely speculated because the cops have kept this on complete lockdown. It's not for everyone to know, and they've made that abundantly clear. So originally filling into this, it's interesting. The very first thing I get is this very strong smell of like stale cigarettes. And and by that, I want to make sure that I'm clear with this. Like when you think about maybe in the winter time, you have a coat that you're always outside in and that's the coat you're smoking with. And like, say it's like that navy blue heavy jacket that that guy was wearing in the video. Um, you take that coat out after it being put away all season and it smells like cigarettes still, but it's like that old smoke smell. That's what I smell with him. And it also, I just get the sense of like, sweat on his upper lip and he obviously is a piece of crap slime ball but I feel like when he was watching them from in the trees he essentially one of them kind of popped out to him more than the other so he I feel was targeting one of them specifically but that this was also something he had done before though I feel that having done this before he's never done it to more than he's never had more than one victim at a time. And also it had been more planned. This feels like it was more opportunistic. Um, I haven't looked at too many pictures of the area. The only thing I've seen, and this was after feeling into it was a video of, of like a person, you can't see the person, but like walking the high bridge. And then the photos that have been made public of Abby and Libby on the high bridge that were taken via Snapchat. So I do feel that this is something he has done before. I feel that he was watching them and I feel that he knew that he could control them both at the same time. People have said that they think that there are two people involved. I do not know that I think that. I feel like very much that it was one and that he was able to control them with just the fear of if one left or one called for help, then the other would be hurt. So I think that he played them against each other. I feel that he originally grew up in the Delphi area. He was very familiar with the area. And I feel that he also no longer lives there. I believe that he had moved away prior to this incident. He didn't leave because of it. I believe that he was visiting family back in Delphi or close to in proximity to Delphi. And when I say family, what I mean is I get the idea of like one elderly person, someone who may have kind of like heard what was going on, but didn't really put two and two together because it wasn't, it wasn't really something on their mind. Like maybe they weren't altogether there. And I do feel that since then, that person who was potentially like a parent or a grandparent has passed. Um, I do believe that that person had also thought that he had already left town when this happened. He had left like town that morning and stuck around longer. Um, I think that this is like an urge that he had been fighting for a long time and that 
like I said, it wasn't his first. And I do think that he typically would gravitate toward um, younger children than the ages of these two victims. Um, I also feel that he has a like a stammer, not really a full stutter, but when he gets anxious or worked up or nervous, it's more of a stutter, of a stammer. I'm so sorry. And I also feel that he he's not in a long-term relationship. People talk about how he's someone in the community who you would be surprised to see. I've read that they think it's the mayor or someone like that. Like there are so many wild theories out there. I do not think that it was a person of high regard in the community. I think it was someone who would have been largely unnoticed, even in a small town and someone who tended to lay low and not really make themselves known in general. I keep getting the image of someone like walking around by a building near the woods before they um, make their move on the girls, almost like they were watching nearby. And I also feel like while Ron Logan had nothing to do with it, I feel that he knows this person, whether it's from some sort of like hunting incident or he's been on his land before or something like that. Like this guy knew that this like public property and private property was so nearby and that he could leave the girls where they were, which was a part of Ron Logan's property. And it may cause a little bit of confusion for the police. I also think that in the middle of this act, he doesn't feel like he is even fully He's not in like a state of mind that we can comprehend. So people will talk about how how people who do things like this are just absolutely sick. And yes, they are. And it's yes, they're sick and twisted, but it's also that they it's like a, a different force that drives it. And I'm not excusing it. I'm saying that I feel like he is a different person when he is in this state of mind. It's almost like something like snaps. It's like he's looking for prey, essentially. Um, when you look further into it and you see all of the theories that are around, um, the girls and who could have possibly done this, you will see that there is a pastor who was suspected. There was, I don't believe it was him. There was a man who was caught like wielding an ax in Colorado and like attacked these people. And it was like so similar to what they think happened to the girls and all of this stuff. And I think that honestly, I don't believe that they have had this person in like an interrogation room before. I don't believe that he is, I believe that he's been on law enforcement's radar, but that they don't have enough to question him. I do believe he was there um, for the search. I believe that he, he put himself in there and that as things quieted down, he left. And I also think that he is someone who would have been, I don't want to say like affiliated with the church, but I feel like there's something like nearby the church, whether he like came from that area, like he had his car parked there or something. He was able to enter that area from like a different spot so that he wasn't entirely noticed. And I think that he was pretty quiet along the way. I also get the feeling that they saw him earlier on the path and that they realized later that he was following them. Um, but that they weren't concerned. They hadn't realized that he was like back, so to speak, until you see that footage of him. So they didn't think enough of it the very first time they saw him. It was just someone who was outside on a nice day. And then by the time they saw him approaching again, they knew that something was wrong. Um, 
I do believe also that Libby thought that she was going to be able to get away, and that's why she recorded. Um, I think that she was a very tough girl and that she fought very hard to protect her friend. And I think that she's a hero in that way. And and so is Abby. Obviously, it's just I feel that they're all of the theories that are out there right now that are on the Internet. I don't think that they're really connected to any truth. I think that we will not know what happened for another couple of years. And even then, it feels to me like it's going to come up as an after the fact. They're not going to be caught for this crime specifically, but they will eventually um, negotiate in order to, in order to, um, lessen their sentence or something like that, which I don't believe will actually be allowed. I think that this person will be caught and I think it will be for committing a very similar crime and that we're going to see that there's probably close. It's like five to seven other crimes that can be tied to him that are not necessarily this, but they're similar. And I don't think that they're all in that immediate area. I do believe that they are near state parks and I believe that they are in Indiana and then within another state, not necessarily Indiana, um, in his new place of residence. Like I said, I think he grew up in Delphi, but that once he moved, that is where he first struck. And I think that Delphi was either his second or third time. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that you guys would want to ask about it. A lot, um, there's been speculation about um, like signs, like signage, like him signing his name to what he did with specific symbols. And when I feel into that, I don't feel like it's necessarily symbols so much as it was the way that he had murdered them was like his signature. And that's what they're going to use to piece together everything else. Um, Yeah, it's not necessarily like they have like some religious symbol or something like that on them. It was the way that he left them and the way that he murdered them. Okay. I never quite know how to sum these up, but I do want to say with this case, since it is so recent and I will post pictures of, of the suspect that was taken from her Snapchat account that will be on the Patreon. I will link that in the show notes as the Patreon should be up within a couple of days of this. It's in an approval status with Patreon and I will have the picture, the videos that I was talking about. All of that will be posted for you guys to review and I can't wait to catch you all next week again with another another murder and mediumship episode. Thanks for listening again, you guys. And please go ahead and leave a review or give a subscribe or a follow, okay? Thank you all so much for tuning in.